the intro, man. I just, I really fuck with it. Shout out to the boys and Stop, Drop, Rewind. <sighs> Such a good tune. Welcome, speaking of tunes, welcome to the Tune Junkies Podcast. My name is Chris, and as always, I'm here with Kitty. Oh, well I was. I was here with Kitty. He left. There's a, is there, what's, what are you looking at? <gasps> Ooh, there's an opossum outside the window. I've been, uh. There's like birds and squirrels and rabbits and shit that all hang out around outside the apartment. And sometimes when I have like crummies, I will feed them. I know, you're not supposed to feed the wildlife. But they're hanging out in my neighborhood, so why not? Bro, you, if you hang out around here, keep the buggies down. I'm specifically talking to the opossum. You keep the buggies down, I'll feed you. I'll make your life easy, bro. You eat what I eat and you just keep the buggies away. Because buggies is gross. Also, I'm not entirely convinced that buggies are from this planet. Right? What if, conspiracy time, what if bugs are just surveillance drones from an alien species? I could believe it. Uh, Anyways, welcome. How are you? Are you doing great? This weekend is going to be awesome. Right? It's the... (laughs) It's Easter weekend. You know, shout out to Judas for uh, giving me a long weekend. I don't know if you got a long weekend. I don't know if your job is very Christian. But if it is, perhaps you got Friday off and then you got to have a long weekend, right? But also, be sure to remember that you got to do some sin in this weekend or whenever you're listening to this. You know what? Just sin in general. But specifically for th- this bit, it's Easter weekend. Be sure to do some sinning, otherwise JC's sacrifice will go for nothing. You know, can't be uh can't be dying for nothing. Uh, anyways, so mainly this this episode, I'm dedicating it to an album that I fell in love with this week. Um, I don't know if you heard, but um, a little a little supergroup formed, and then didn't tell anybody, and then dropped a fucking banger um i think it was monday monday who earlier this week we'll just say it that way um but yeah uh i fell in love with this album a debut album from a band called third secret right um so earlier this week we were given a gift with little to no prior warning as you may have heard a star-studded collab was bestowed upon us and i can't recommend it fast enough Featuring, are you sitting down? I hope you're sitting down. If you're driving, you need to be sitting down. I don't know. I can't think of any other vehicle that would allow you to stand. Well, do you do you stand in a submarine? Do you stand to drive a submarine? I would. Mm, no, I think I'm. Th- <laughs> I'm thinking of the little thing you look out of to see. You know, uh, I, a periscope. Is it called a periscope? I think so. But I think you got to stand to look at in that thing. Or at least that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Sean Connery in The Hunt for Red October. And I'm pretty sure he was standing when he looked through that thing. I may be making things up. Who fucking knows? But I hope you're sitting down because Third Secret is comprised of <clears throat> featuring Nirvana bassist Chris Novoselic, Soundgarden guitarist Kim Thale, and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden drummer Matt Cameron with Jillian Ray and Jennifer Johnson on vocals. There is a There's another person. Hold on. Let me let me get that name real quick. His name is Bubba Dupree and he's from a band called Void. What's up? 
Um, I'm actually I <laughs> I am now distraught because I was looking up uh, Third Secrets Bandcamp and I realized that they did press this album to vinyl and it's already sold out. Bastards. I guess that's that's it's it's my fault. I wasn't I didn't I didn't look it up right away. Instead, I got s- distracted just listening and trying to learn all the music. But I'm sure with its success, they will probably press another one. They so whatever. Anyways. Um, this album was proved to be the first music that Kim and Matt have worked on together since Chris Cornell passed in 2017. So, um, that's interesting, right? I think so. Um, kind of sad when I read that, but also progress, you know, not to, not to, uh, insinuate that moving on is, I don't fucking know how to say this, bro, but you know, it's, it's life, man. You gotta move on. We all miss Chris. It's fine. We get it. But Chris wouldn't want you to fucking mope forever. Keep making music. He was in a band with you for a reason because he liked the music you make. So keep doing what you're doing. Now, initially, I was pretty excited to see this endeavor come to be. But history would prove, to me at least, that most supergroups that I listen to aren't all as hype as they are sold. You know? Um, Remember that band Hell Yeah? Yeah, I I mean maybe if if you don't you can just 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 know that it's not they weren't entirely worth your time. Listen, I love Chad Gray, a uh, vocalist of Mudvayne. Um and I I followed Hell Yeah because I like Chad Gray and <laughs> Hell Yeah is the only version of Chad Gray's music that I've been able to see live as of yet, right? This was well like 5 four or five years ago that I got to see Hell Yeah perform. I was excited to see Chad Gray, and he sounded great, but now I'm more excited to see Mudvayne, because Mudvayne is really what I'm all about. Um, and uh, I still haven't gotten into them Crooked Vultures. I, I know, I know. Listen, okay? Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, them Crooked Vultures was like a super group that comprised of, I think it was, uh, it was Dave Grohl, um, Josh Holm, is that how you say his last name? Hummy? I'm gonna say Hummy. Josh Hummy? And then John Paul Jones of, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin. Actually, now that I think about it, there are a couple supergroups that I'm really into. Maybe, maybe I spoke too soon. Um, such as Audio Slave and Temple of the Dog, right? Those are supergroups. Um, <laughs> I guess that kind of would just suggest that, uh, I'm a big fan of Chris Cornell, right? Because <laughs> that's kind of kind of what they're all about. Not necessarily that Chris Cornell is the main, you know, contributor to both of those groups, but he plays a big part in both. Um, and to the the fact that, uh, to suggest that I am a big Chris Cornell fan would be an absolute truth. So, that's fine. Obviously, I'm <laughs> big Chris Cornell fan. Um, let me see. Who else is there? Uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I guess that's a super group, but um, I went through a really like an intense classic rock phase. Um, and when I was in high school was, Oh bro, I was so into classic rock. I mean, I, th- I think, <laughs> I don't know if this is just true for like the journey of getting into marijuana, but like, I think for the most part, one of the common avenues that you go down to when you start smoking weed is getting into classic rock. Like I really got into Pink Floyd and the doors and CCR like, I don't know. I, I may be wrong, but, you know, hey, if you got into classic rock, you know, 
shortly after or at the same time as you started smoking weed, let me know. Because I want to think that it's a real stereotype. I think it is a real stereotype that stoners also like classic rock, but who knows? Maybe maybe that's maybe that it's changed over the years. But when I first got into classic rock, I just assumed Crosby, Stills, and Nash was just like a normal band, right? It was just like, oh, here's uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash with their hit, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, that's just a band. But they're actually <laughs> from different separate already uh iconic bands so to speak that i can't name any of so um but yeah i guess there's what's another one i guess there's also mad season um which consisted of members from alice in chains pearl jam the screaming trees screaming trees excuse me but i didn't really get into them and the only song that i can name off the top of my head is uh river of deceit which is a great song by the way you should absolutely check that out um, I, I was talking to some people at work and I had this idea, maybe, maybe I'm going to be wrong in this, but part of me feels like the Eagles, stay with me, part of me feels like the Eagles could be considered a super group. Now, let me, let me, let me pitch this. Okay. Now I know that the Eagles like aren't a super group, like they were just a band to begin with, right? But, you know, let's hear me out, hear me out. I think that the supergroup label would only really apply um, after a certain period, right? Uh, the, the band had been performing for a while, and then and it was super successful. Then several of the members went off to do and have successful solo c- careers, right? I don't know. I don't know the time frame because I didn't, I didn't do any research on, on this, right? These are just... They're just ideas that I was talking about. But, you know, Glenn Fry and then Joe Walsh and then, uh, oh no, what's Don Henley? There we go. Um, I almost didn't have that one for a second. That was, uh, that would have been pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Kitty would have never let me live that one down. Anyways, um, but yeah, that's, so like, I think after they went off and had successful solo careers, right? I think after that time period, then the Eagles would be considered a supergroup. Right, that's that's my stance. Tell me I'm wrong, uh, and I mean that. Like, tell me I'm wrong. You might be more informed on the Eagles than I am. I don't know much about the history of the Eagles, but I do know a lot of their music. Um, I think I did watch some super long documentary about them one time. I think it was over quarantine, but I think a lot of that information has since then been suppressed because what a dark and trying time that was. Um now, uh, but in that sense, I, f- I feel like that stance is pretty reasonable to suggest that they are a supergroup after several of the members went off and did solar careers. I think therein lies my uh, pl- my my case. I think I can make a case for that that point, right? Um, let's see what other kind of supergroups we have. Oh my goodness, who could forget the international sensation that was? Dark Lotus. Oh, does that not ring a bell? There's probably a reason for that. <laughs> it just means that you're not down with the clown, homie. Uh, that's a super group, actually. Uh, Dark Lotus is a super gloop. Super gloop? <laughs> super group that consisted of a one, Blaze Ya Dead Homie, Twisted, and the Insane Clown Posse. That's 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 why you don't know who that band, that group is. But... 
Now, you might be saying to yourself right now, Chris, why do you know that? Well, listener, the answer is quite simple. I am, in fact, down with a clown. I've stated it on the podcast before. I am down with a clown. Now, that's now it's not as much as it was, say, 12 years ago, right? But I have no qualms with the Juggalos. I would absolutely love to go to Gathering the Juggalos because every Juggalo I've ever met, sure, they may be on the little a little bit of the weird side, but that's fine. I like I like weird. Weird and eccentric is it makes you unique. I like that. But every juggalo I've ever met always been very sweet. Always been very nice. I've never had any problems. One of my best friends working at the first job I ever had, which was a McDonald's, he was a juggalo. He was great. He was a lot of fun. We he was super funny. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I can't remember his name. Oh. Whoa, I did just remember his name. His name was Dan. Shout out to Dan from my first job at McDonald's, which was fucking, what was that, 2007? No. 2009. Fuck. <sighs> Anyways. I'm going to get out of that avenue before I get real sad. Um, <laughs> so the list of supergroups goes on and on, right? I'm sure you've probably been mentioning some as I've been talking. But, like, um, I just looked up a, a group of them, and here's uh, a Perfect Circle, Velvet Revolver, Alter Bridge, Angels and Airwaves, Cavalera Conspiracy, Isles and Glaciers, Destroy or Build Until God Shows. That's as many as I'm going to name because I could keep going for several hours if we wanted to really dive into the super groups. But we're not here to talk about any of them. We're here to talk about Third Secret. Now, having had little to no marketing done prior to the release of this album, this record came as a surprise. Not only no marketing, there was no rumors or murmuring about it. I think Kim mentioned it once in February, and other than that, there was nothing. I mean, at least in my in my ethos, I didn't I didn't see anything other until the day of. They're like, "Hey, Seattle Supergroup dropped this thing," and I was like, "Uh, excuse me, does that say members of?" Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, and Nirvana? What the fuck? There were, nobody talked about this beforehand? Um, but yeah. Um, being comprised of members from some of the 90s most iconic grunge bands, I was expecting a little more grunge from this record. Uh, but I suppose that was my own fault for having expectations of what this album was going to be. When I pressed play, and I wasn't immediately bombarded with distortion-laden guitars or a punchy drum kit count-off, I knew I was in for something unique. In fact, I don't think there even were any drums in the first track. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't believe so. Uh, but you know what there is, though? Some sweet, sweet vocals. Courtesy of a one Jillian Ray and Jennifer with those wonderful harmonies that there is no shortage of on this record. This is actually my first encounter with Jillian's vocals. Perhaps you're more informed than I am, which is more probable than you might imagine, but Jillian is in Chris' other band, Giants in the Trees, which I also was in the dark about. I know, I know, I'm not doing so hot today, I guess. Um, (laughs) Anyways, having never heard her vocals before, I was thoroughly bewitched. Her tone and delivery style reminded me of a vocalist I really enjoy. 
Ever heard of a Stevie Nicks? The answer better be yes. But yeah, it was a uh, just her. It's honestly just the uh, her lows. Um, for me, they seem like lows, but just because I have a higher register. But yeah, it's her delivery that has remit. There are parts in the album that hopefully, now that I said this, you'll be like, oh shit, yeah, that there it is. But yeah, there are parts in this where I'm like, oh, that's a very Nixian way to do it. That's how I'm gonna. I'm saying Nixian from now on. Okay. I think I really came to lean into the Stevie comparison from listening to the track Last Day of August, which is currently my favorite song on the album. Subsequently, it was also the first song I listened to, so maybe it was just a... (laughs) I really enjoy it because it was the first thing I listened to. Plausible. But Chris, how is that the first song you listen to if it's the third track on the album? Look, okay? In the honor of full transparency, sometimes... I'm going to put an emphasis on sometimes. Sometimes, instead of starting on track one, I look at the track listing and I start with the title that I like most. That's right. I judge the song initially based on the name. Do I like the name? Is that name uh, depressing? Is it morose? Is it funny? Is it obnoxious? That's what I base it off. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, let me pick uh, that one. Let's start here. It's just how it goes, okay? Don't, don't, don't kill me. Now, uh, this time, it just happened to be the last day of August. That's the track I started with. Usually when I do it this way, I listen to the album on shuffle in an attempt to really hear each song as its own piece, right? I want to hear the song stand on its own. There's there's so much that goes into, like, um, not, ske- not scheduling, uh, Tracking, not tracking, that's not the, uh, the order in which songs are played. There we go. I mean, that's not what I was looking for, but that'll do. I think you are piecing together what I want, what I mean. Um, I want to hear each song as its own because there's this, there's this thing that I'm aware of that, you know, artists do when they're composing, putting together the album at the very end, um, sometimes most of the time that they lay them out in a certain way because this song bleeds well into that song or the message from this song plays into the next one like there's there's a method to it right and most of the time i think what was it uh, a couple months ago when adele she made a big fuss to not even probably not even a big fuss but adele had said something to spotify about the free users not being able to listen to the tracks in the order that the artists put them in right i think if you're on Spotify free or whatever, you can only, it's only shuffle. That's all you're allowed to do. But I think uh, Adele had raised some concerns and Spotify, Spotify was like, okay, and now you can listen to the order in which the artist meant for you to listen to them, right? And I know you're meant to listen to it this way, but sometimes I don't want to, okay? Sue me. Now, um, to backtrack a little bit, Sometimes, I just want to start off with the song title I like best, right? So I'll listen to that one, and then it'll be on shuffle, and I'll listen to each song individually, and then I'll go back and I'll re-listen to the album in sequential order, which is where the whole story lies, I know. You do things your way, and I'll do them mine, okay? We all, we're all just fucking trying our best out here, dog. <laughs> Anyways... The opening riff, which um, 
you probably heard just a few seconds ago, depending on whether or not I got approval to play some of their music. Um, I it, The opening riff is super nostalgic to me, right? Definitely got my grunge fix from the undertones of this track, and this track being uh, the aforementioned Last Day of August. Um, it's not just the string of notes being played, but also the tonality of the guitar. The way the notes rang out and echoed in a beautiful synchronicity with Jillian and Jennifer's vocals. An enchanting and relaxing ride of gloom and uncertainty. Mwah. Ugh. Magnificent. I, I, I don't want to say that I have great taste in just being able to judge a song based off its name, but in this case, <laughs> I fucking nailed it, bro. Okay, so... You, you've got your, your abilities, I've got mine. Now, um, enchanting is a descriptor that I'd say tags along throughout the entirety of this album, right? The haunting yet beguiling vocal deliveries linger like a shadow. Now, as much as I would love to break down every single second of every single song, I don't think that's entirely what you want, the listener, right? Maybe it is, but that's a lot of... I don't know. That's not really entirely what I would like to do. I would like for you to just take a small opinion of mine and go out and then (laughs) check out the thing I suggested or am in love with currently, and then you can form your own basis, right? So, in the honor of that, I'm going to keep this relatively uh, short. I know we're already pushing half an hour, but, you know, it's fine. You've got your life, I've got mine. Um, The other track, another track that I'm super in love with is Yellow Dress, which is the last song on the album, and probably for good measure, right? It is, um, let me let me get go over down here and get to the exact timing of this, this song. Seven minutes exact, right? Oh my god, seven minutes, what is it, a fucking progressive metal song? It's not, okay? It's just, it's a great song, that's what it is. I don't know, oh my goodness, so, friend of the, friend of the podcast, right? Um, I, I'd put out, Hey, let me get some of your, uh, let me get some of your opinions on this record. Right. And my friend, um, reached out and let me know his, um, his opinion, right. His stance on the record. He, he stated that he really enjoyed it. Right. And then I was talking about my favorite songs last day of August, as I just mentioned, and then yellow dress. And he, (laughs) this motherfucker said, Oh, if it's longer than five minutes, I can't do it. Bro, what? (laughs) What? Like, even if you like the song, you can't go longer than five minutes? No, I just can't focus. Like, well, you know, maybe if you'd stop listening to fucking punk and straight-edge hardcore, maybe you'd be able to... (laughs) Maybe you'd be able to survive longer than five minutes. But no, I get it. You're allowed to like whatever you want. That was just me (laughs) busting his balls. But... You know, I, I I found it interesting. He did have some uh, some interesting takes, right? He had mentioned that uh, a lot of the um, uh, vibes had a very, like, a stoner doom kind of thing. There was some bongs. He referenced bongzilla. I know. I As soon as he said that, I kind of got offended, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. It kind of made me mad, so much so that I immediately stopped listening to the album, went over and listened to the most recent thing Bongzilla did, which um, I couldn't even name off the top of my head because I don't listen to Bongzilla. Like, I really like the instrumentation of Bongzilla, um, but the vocals, 
not just it's just doesn't click with me not for me music yes vocals nah um oh yeah they're mo- <laughs> i love the name though the the name of their most recent album is called weeds consen <laughs> i'll say it again weeds consen like wisconsin but weed right oh who would have thought a band called bongzilla would be making a marijuana reference <sighs> but anyways um I get what he was saying. There's a, a little bit of that in this record. Um, I had put it out to the interwebs asking just randos, like, hey, you know, did you listen to this record? What did you think? Um, one of the one guy had mentioned that it was very uh, not exactly grunge, which is what I think a lot of us were expecting because that's what a lot of the presses were saying, that Seattle Supergroup, uh, compiled of grunge icons, you know, Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, uh, Nirvana, and we're all like, oh, okay, so it's gonna be the same shit that they did 30 years ago, right? It's not, which is cool, because I honestly, I don't know that I would have really been thrilled that it would have been the same shit that I heard when I was, you know, four, <laughs> um, but I think... Uh, the sorry to I'm getting distracted. There's a, that opossum's back outside, and I'm looking at him. Um, I think uh, it's super cool that they were able to take the experiences that they had, right, as having been musicians for I don't want to age anybody, but at least a decade. We'll just set it there. At least a decade. You know, they've been doing what they've been doing for um a hot minute, as the kids like to say, and. Uh, <laughs> Um, it shows, right? Their their uh, their talent shines through this new uh, uh, endeavor. The one of the people online had said that uh, Kim is really showing his uh, range um, and his music musical ability, which I totally agree with because I was very surprised at what this album ended up being um, because I had expectations, which I mentioned at the top of the show, which is a a thing that I do and probably maybe I won't say probably maybe a thing that you do and I would suggest that we you and I we should stop doing that right cuz what it does is it just sets you up for disappointment <laughs> uh because fantasy is never reality it's just not this it's there it's called fantasy because it is not reality so try and avoid that just try and stay grounded folks stay grounded that's as much of the that's as much of an inspiration as you're gonna get from me. Anyways, back to uh, the yellow dress. So the reason I really love this song so much, I I one I think it's a great uh, outro for the album, but also just the musical transit, the vocal transitions that are in this. I love. I just it's an adventure. It's a roller coaster of uh, uh, sonic ups and downs, and I. I was just blown away by it. I really, mainly the part that sold me, as much as I love Jillian and Jennifer's vocals, um, I also really loved the instrumentation. There's like a two, I think it's like a two and a half minute just like instrumental in that song, and I just I just can't get enough of it, man. Like, granted, there was a little bit of... <laughs> Uh, for me, performance enhancing <laughs> medicine that was uh, uh, in my system as when this instrumental really like took place. So that might be considered cheating. But 
the fact of the matter is, it connected with me in that moment, and it will now remain a part of my uh, connective tissue inside my goopy brain for probably the rest of my life. So take that information uh, with what you will. Is that is that the right? Use that information how you will. Take it with a grain of salt. We'll just say it like I don't like saying take it with a grain of salt because I'm gonna be honest. I don't know what that means. Chris, you could just Google it. Yeah, but I don't. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be what I want it to be. So I just I don't I don't do it. Like I, I just I just don't understand that saying. Take it with a grain of salt. Who can? How do you just get one grain of salt? How are you gonna pick that up? I don't know. I think too much. Uh, it's probably not as difficult as I make it out to be a story of my life. But, yeah, The Yellow Dress. Amazing. Go listen to it. Um, I also, I re- this record is diverse. I'll tell you that. There is a, oh, is it is it an accordion? Is that the thing that, is, is, that, is that what I'm thinking of? Is that the right word? In the song Write Stuff, it just, I think it's an accordion. Which, it first threw me off. I was like, what the fuck? But somehow they made it work. They really sold the accordion to me, and I didn't once think of Steve Urkel, which or Weird Al. That's not true. I did think a little bit of Weird Al. I think it was like the third time I was listening to this record, I was like, why do I know that? And I was like, oh, yeah, Weird Al. But that's cool. Weird Al fucking slaps. That dude's awesome. There's uh, There's a chance that I will be seeing him soon in a town near me because he's going on tour and he's doing like this is for uh, uh this is what i was told the tour he's going on is for the actual weird al fans and you don't just know the covers he's gonna be playing some of his own weird original music which uh if you would like to know what kind of weird al songs i like go listen to the song albuquerque that's probably my favorite song ever we crashed. We went into a tailspin and crashed into a hillside. The plane exploded into a giant fireball, and everybody died, except for me. You know why? Cause I had my tray table up and my seat back in the full upright position. I heard that song when I was in middle school, I think, and I have not forgotten all the words to it. Oh, Weird Al, you hold a special place in my heart, and I will be entirely devastated when you pass but i have a feeling that you live such a pure and whimsical lifestyle that you will probably live to be a hundred so there's that um (laughs) third secret go listen to the album love it enjoy it um make a big stink about it that way they will press another uh, a round of vinyl because I really I love this record so much and I missed out on the pressing of the album hopefully I'm sure they'll probably do so like f- the first pressing was just a, a regular black press which is cool and it looks great with the album but I'm sure there's something real sexy that they could do with the color scheme of the record and it's just red black and uh, orangish and yellow but I'm sure they'll think of something but yeah um, a picture disc would be pretty cool too. But yeah, anyways, go listen to the record. Um, but Chris, what kind of rating do you give the record? A rating system. I, I guess this is kind of the first album review that we've ever done. Do I need? Do I need a like a specific, a special Tune Junkies like exclusive rating system? Is that a thing I have to do? Do I have to do that? Like, do I have to make it like? Oh, but what do I do? Do I make it 
junkie related? <laughs> I give this album four out of five hypodermic needles. <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I fucking hate needles. But that would be really funny. But also, I feel like that would be kind of insensitive to the people who do struggle with uh, the usage of hypodermic needles. If you're diabetic, you get a pass because that's just a thing you got to do. But I'm specifically talking about people who shoot their uh, <laughs> their vices, you know. So we're not going to do that. As funny as I think that would be, I think it would only be funny once and then it would just not, it would be old. Um, I don't know. I don't know what kind of the only rating system that I ever use for things that I like really like is I think it's a thing from Reddit and it's the perfect five out of seven. I don't know if you know that story of the the guy who harassed his work friend um, and he used this, the system. Uh, he would only rank it a perfect five out of seven. And that's what he would say verbatim. I rank that movie a perfect five out of seven and it just irritated the shit out of his friend so much so that I'm pretty sure that like there was a whole there's a whole like social media debacle about it look it up just you could probably just google uh origin a perfect five out of seven origin and read that story it's hilarious it is a bit of a read because it goes it was like a couple years long I think but it's hilarious. If you've ever heard me reference five at perfect five out of seven, it's from that. Oh, internet culture! What a what a time to be alive. But yeah, mm, I don't know. I can't give it a five out of five because I feel like perfect is. I don't even know if I get well. I don't even give all of John Mayer's albums a perfect five out of five, right? Or a ten out of ten, whatever fucking system you want to use. Not all of them are perfect, okay? And that's. That's coming from a dude whose Wi-Fi is called hashtag gayer for mayor. Like, I love that man. But even not all of them are perfect, in my my opinion. So, I don't know. I would just say <sighs> this album is really great, okay? I know it's not grunge. It's not – there are grungy undertones, but it's not – you're not going to hear fucking – you're not going to hear the, the grungy rasp. That was probably an awful impression, but – <laughs> I don't honestly I just don't think I gave it enough time um and I also didn't try that hard that's really what it was I didn't try and I didn't give it room to breathe right so that's on me but yeah I will just I will just give it the Toon Junkie seal of approval it's it's pit six approved it's great go enjoy it you know there's the system right there it's a pit six seal of approval there it is go enjoy the record listen to it make a big stink on it on the interwebs so they press it again and make merch. I'm sure they'll make merch. Merch is money. And I think they released it independently. So any um, streaming that you do goes to them. Uh, try and use their band camp. Give them monies. Um, use uh, streaming platforms that pay out well. I think Amazon does pretty well and Apple Music does pretty well. Tidal does okay. But like, you know, none of them are ideal. You should definitely just try and buy the record somewhere, you know, give them their monies. Um, but yeah, check out check out uh, their debut album, Third Se- Third Secrets debut album, presumably self-titled. I think it's just called Third Secret. So with that being said, that is going to be the end of this. So you know where to find us and follow us. You know, you know the drill. You know, it's, you can find us on Facebook, which I don't know if I'm going to be 
keeping up with all that much longer. I just... I need another break. I need another break. So we might just be moving over to Insta and TikTok. I don't know. I don't know yet. I just haven't. Things have been very hectic, you know, trying to move and get rid of stuff and figure out living situations and work stuff. But who knows? The future is uh, unknowable. So we will take it as it comes. Um, That was an inadvertent Nirvana reference. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Toon Junkies Podcast, on Instagram, Toon Junkies Podcast, on not TikTok, on Twitter that I don't really use, but whatever. Um, If you'd like to reach me personally, you can leave me alone, but if you must be involved with my life, you can find me on Instagram at Chris and Kitty, on TikTok at DatBoyPit6. Now, I think you already know what I've been listening to. I just spent 25 minutes talking about it, right? So, third secret, yeah. Um... What else have I been listening to? Uh, listening to... Listening? A lot of? Listening to a lot of? Who fucking cares? Um, I found this... I think I re-found this track because I think it was a saved song in my shit from Spotify and then Tidal picked it up and resent it to me, but it's a band called Feed the Birds with two eyes, not one, because they're unique. But it's a song called So I Go... Um, TikTok showed me a band called Quarters of Change. Um, the track is called T-Love. Check that out. Um, I recorded a, a up-and-coming podcast that you will all be able to enjoy. I don't, I'm not going to be a, a permanent part of it, but I'm going to help them get it off the ground with being producer and all that stuff. <laughs> we watched a movie, and that movie had a cover and rendition of a song that we're all very familiar with called I'm a Believer, right? But this was a synthwave version. It was pretty fucking cool. Check out the artist Hot Dad. Oh yeah, that's the real name. Hot Dad, song is called I'm a Believer. Um, I've been really getting into Hope's Die Last. Um, I think that it's their 2007 album. Yeah, called uh, Your Face Down Now. That shit fucking rips. I've been coming to terms with that I will probably just be into the post-hardcore shit for the entirety of my life, even though a lot of that music was written by teenagers. Whatever. It's fine. I love it. Um, uh, And then a band called Survive Said the Prophet, Poison the Well, and I'm fucking still attached to Emogen Heat. Emogen? Emogen? Imogene? I don't fucking know what her name is, but yeah, Emojin Heap, and then what's the other one? Oh, Frau Frau, F-R-O-U-F-R-O-U, check that, she had put out, they put out one album, and it's great, it's top to bottom, um, so yeah, now to close out the episode, I'm going to be picking a song from the Third Secret album, I, uh, was fortunate enough to message, uh, Jillian, and she gave me their approval they i uh, could pick whatever song um they it was released independently so thankfully i don't have to worry about getting messages from warner bros or whatever fucking columbia i'm like you gotta take this down and steal an shut up columbia you don't john mayer doesn't work for you so i don't have to fucking listen to you anymore um but yeah i think 
I think I'm going to show you the song that I started with, and that is The Last Day of August, right? So without further ado, here is The Last Day of August by Third Secret. Uh, This has been a Toon Junkies podcast. My name is Chris, and I will see you on the next episode. I just did a pantomime of me saluting, but you can't see that because this is an audio medium only. See ya! dream that I was lost before this weekend Sitting by the fire, dreaming about love and heart